you know, if you're going to be in this AI world, um, there's really two sides to the ROI coin. We love talking ROI when it's related to AI. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn industries, and we take you to the front line to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. And with me is the Jersey, but actually Florida resident, the Florida resident, and uh, I don't know. The, the I am definitely a Florida resident for any uh, yes, revenue for, for tax tax purposes for, and any for, IRS uh, agents may be yeah, listening. Uh, Mr. Dan Gordon, Dan, would you like to say good afternoon, sponsors, topic, and our very special guest? Yeah. Good afternoon, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, MA specialists, uh, CFOs, and exit planning service to the pest and lawn industry. And um, let's see, um, we um, uh, see, I already screwed it up, Donnie, but uh, let's go with our sponsors. So if you're interested <laughs> in marketing services for the pest or lawn industry, it's comarch.com. Uh, they will help you with marketing. Uh, and I was told that that's both digital and traditional marketing. Pest control specific insurance, that's general liability, Uh that's uh, auto, it's workers comp, that's pestsure.com. Spoke to Todd Burke the other day. He's pretty excited about all the, the our listeners who are contacting him. So he's excited about that. That's great. And if you're interested in joining a PMP Industry Insider peer group, please visit us at pmpindustryinsider.com slash forward slash peer groups. And or go back and listen to episode 136 for more information. We work with David Billingsley, who is outstanding. Uh, he is our facilitator. And uh, I'm going to let Donnie do this one more thing. Uh, I guess uh, Apple changed something. And well, you know, yeah, go ahead. In true in true form of like what we got going on here. So so our guests can't see. Well, we can actually see our outline. So we are we are just so. Um, how should we say? Tech savvy. Uh, no, secretive about how we ask for reviews and ratings. But I hear if we can get Gemini set up, Gemini can actually do that for us. Google just got busted having that happening. Yeah, so we, we could actually <laughs> Gemini generate our reviews, our fake reviews. But having said that, we don't like fake reviews. Well, maybe we do. But if you like the podcast. Only good ones. You like, yes, only good ones. And you enjoy listening to Dan Fumble which I absolutely do, then we ask that you do go and download, re-download. We had an issue with um, Apple changed how they're doing podcasts, which has changed all the accounts. So just resubscribe and download. And if you do that, and you'll be resubscribed. And then, of course, ratings and reviews, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But today, I'm super stoked because we are talking about AI again. And we're speaking with someone that Dan actually met at the Associated Group. Dan, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guests? And then we'll yeah, jump right into yeah. the Yeah, so I was at the Associated uh, Pest uh, Services. Uh, it's, a, it's a super peer group uh, that meets twice a year. It's uh, Some people call it a vacation club. We were uh, in Puerto Rico, and it was raining the entire time. And I was looking at the most beautiful golf course, and I couldn't <laughs> get out there and play it. So I decided to sit in on one of the meetings. And one of the meetings was in on AI. And the lecturer was a fellow named Andrew Ladder, and he is the founder of Ladder Company. 
which is a boutique consultancy that helps companies find profits through artificial intelligence and better operations. And I was just blown away with what Andrew had to say. And I said, Andrew, would you like to come on our podcast? And he agreed. And here he is. And welcome. Thanks for coming, Andrew. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you so much for the invite here, Dan. Uh, it's an honor that you you heard me talk and uh, still had the guts to invite me on the show. So thank you so much. Well, if it makes anyone feel better, so Dan is pretty easily impressed, but I actually went through and looked at uh, Andrew's background and he absolutely knows what he's talking about. So I'm super excited about jumping in and talking about AI. So Andrew, awesome. let's get yeah. rolling. Let's talk a little bit about you. Just, just introduce yourselves to our audience, kind of how you got in, sure. in, what your background is, how you got involved in AI. And then after that, we're going to jump into it for small businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, Andrew Louder, founder, CEO of Louder Co., a Dallas-based consultancy. And uh, Dan, you nailed the one-liner for me. But absolutely, we're focused on helping our clients um, just operate more effectively, efficiently, productively, all in the name of better of increasing their profits and we did that the old school way of process improvement, change management, KPIs, all, the, all those kind of growth and scale operational tactics and strategies. And then also on the new school side of it, uh, in terms of finding AI solutions that can help with a number of the uh, business growth and operational problems that a business might come across. We're not developers. We're solely the ones that can understand the business needs, go out, kind of, um, we've almost been described as like an AI broker in a way, where we go out and find AI solutions. We map them to a list of requirements that are going to best fit our clients' needs because every business is different, right? And then we help them do the ROI calculation, running the demos, things like that to make sure there's best fit. Uh, we also roll up our sleeves, help implement those. And, you know, LouderCo has been in existence now close to eight years. We went down the path of AI some seven years ago. And wow. it started with a very unique project we took on. Gentlemen um, had sold a business. He came to me and said, hey, can I hire you guys to help me figure out what my next best business venture was going to be? And that sounds like an awesome opportunity. So I jumped on it and we took him down this path and landed on discovering, hey, if we can build out an AI tool that can match job seekers to employers based on culture fit, you know, there could be something big there, right? Because especially by this some seven years ago or so, the thoughts of culture and core values was at the forefront. AI was hitting a bit more of the mainstream. And so at that point, it really dawned on me, look, we've got to bring the, um, the, the AI value proposition service offering into Louderco and bring those to our, our clients. And, um, you know, we've been doing that for a while now, but then ChatGPT came into the scene November of 2022 and poured gasoline on a fire and um, really took something that usually is hard to, to understand. It's high conceptual type of stuff, AI, right? And it brought it down to something way more concrete, way more simpler to use. And I think business leaders are now just awoken, if you will, on the opportunities of AI. And you know, we always preach, hey, the AI has never been um, less intimidating and more attainable than ever before. And so that's where we help our clients find those solutions. So so I have questions. Absolutely. <laughs> let's go. I'll just, I'll just sit back and uh, let, let's go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, all right. So I've used AI in my business for writing code, writing simple, right. like Google app scripts, those types of things, like when I need help, if I get stuck or whatever. And it's pretty good at that. I mean, I've noticed at times it may go down a road and you're like, I'm not sure what you're doing. 
And I've used it for content, though I will say I use it more for boilerplate content. Sometimes I don't like the tone. I feel like it takes out my tone. But I wanted, you know, this there's this whole concept of prompt engineering. And, you know, yeah. how do you get really good prompts to get what you're trying to get? Because, I mean, I've seen some people use AI and I'm like, I couldn't understand what you were telling or asking me if you asked me that yep. question. Like, you know, so asking AI that I don't. So if someone is interested in like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use AI. I'm going to, I'm going to implement it in marketing or I'm going to implement it in, 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 you know, my writing, like where can you go to learn about, okay, this is how you actually write a prompt. And here's yeah. what you need to be specific about so that you can actually get out of AI what you want. Yeah, great question, Donnie. Look, I think to to give you the right answer, the best answer here, I've got to give you a tad of background. Okay, so Donnie, what you're talking about with prompt engineering is rather exclusive right now to generative AI. Yep. Generative AI being you know the new the new hotness, if you will. So ChatGPT is a type of generative AI, right? And so hey, to I, I, point, let me pause you real quick just to make yeah. sure our listeners are caught up. So prompt engineering, you go to ChatGPT. That's a prompt. It's the question that you ask for for a GPT. So generative, you know, whatever that text is going to come back. Pre, yeah, generative pre-trained transformer. Correct. Yeah. All right. All right. Continue on. I just want to make sure I got it with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. So you go in and there's there are a number of generative AI tools nowadays. And you hit on one on your show on AI not too long ago with uh, Microsoft Copilot 365, mm -hmm. where you've got to generate a question, a command um, to AI. And you know, the more specific you are in how you write that command up or that question up, the better the output's going to be. An example I love sharing is there's a, um, this lawyer made headlines when he almost got disbarred because he used ChatGPT early on to help write a briefing to support his case. And the headlines were reading ChatGPT was wrong. Oh, chat, the death of AI and ChatGPT was terrible. But when you really dig in, this gentleman used really awful prompting. He mm -hmm. said, give me examples that will support my case. Okay. That was his prompt. And AI doesn't know if you, in this case, anyway, do you, do you want real examples or made up examples, right? Mm -hmm. And so the right prompt would have said, give me factual examples with citations that have occurred over the last 20 years, then give them to me in this kind of format, in a professional tone with yada, right? yada, yada, yada. And so to your point, Donnie, yes, uh, you mentioned you're using your tones are a little bit different. There's even, there's some tools out there that are generative AI. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jasper. Jasper is a really great AI content generation tool. And from the get-go, you can tell it the brand voice and the tone that you're wanting to use in your blog posts, your social media posts, all that. And so it learns how to your approach and your style. So then what it generates going forward. Um, it, it, it kind of aligns to that. But I will say this, no matter you're, if you're in generative AI, if you're a prompt engineering expert, whoever you are, the name of the game right now is still AI plus human intervention. Like you still got to validate what that AI is producing for you, right? So yeah. taking the steps to first just read it, applying some logic and experience, um, maybe even cross-checking it with Google, you know, the old-fashioned way, if you will. Um, but yeah, there's still that element and component where you, you make it your own, you got to validate it and so on and so forth. So yeah, prompt engineering is just a fancy term for making sure that you're asking it the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, the, 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 the lawyer story, this is pretty funny, Donnie, when, when, when 
Andrew was telling that story at the associated group, but I, I forgot what the story was, but evidently he brought like 900 hours worth of research down to like yeah. 15 or 20 hours and somebody raised their hand. What do you think the question was? How can I do that? No. I don't know. What? Did he get charged for the 900 hours? Oh, that's, of course, that's the question. <laughs> of course, that's the question. Yeah, it's everybody's like, worried about the lawyers making their money. What's that's the deal right. with that? Yeah. They're making plenty. Yeah. If, 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 only, if only he would have had the AI tool consensus, by the way, which I love. It, it does a lot of citations for you to go out and find. Oh, real, yeah, but, yeah. That, but so, so okay, so I want to, like, okay, so I'm a business owner and I've got a lot of, I don't know, kind of a nitnoid task that I'm that I want to do. Like today, for example, I have these emails I want to send out from a spreadsheet, and it just like, oh man, I'm just cutting and pasting, and I'm like, you know, I've got these, I've got these Google documents, I've got this Google spreadsheet, and yeah. all I need to do is tie these. This name goes here, and then I would just love to hand that over, but I don't know that the tools are there, or it doesn't mean the tools aren't there. Maybe I don't know how to use it, but I'm curious to hear. What are your thoughts on how, you know, and, and I think Gemini is still kind of early. They're going to figure it out. I mean, there are some issues with it now. I mean, we're recording this on the 27th of February and right now yep. Gemini is considered to be a dumpster fire because they had a big blow up, but it, that'll blow over and they'll get it right. But how yeah. does one like, it's like, okay, I'm doing my normal work. I'm, a, I'm an owner. I'm trying to get data. I'm trying to get insight. Is, are there some like ways or some tutorials where you can say, okay, these are how to, I'm going to piece the, like these different tools to get, cause I get the fact that I can ask it questions, right? I get the yeah. fact that I, but how do I tie in like my actual workflow of like spreadsheets and my own documents? And then can you kind of talk through that a little bit? Yeah, Donnie, there's a few different ways to go about that. I loved your recommendation um, a couple episodes back. You mentioned going into YouTube and just in, uh, seeing what's out there and really that to me is one of the freshest approaches because there's, there's always content being created. And to your point earlier, it was like, yeah, if you're um, finding information at six months old, that's might as well be like six different light years away right. from uh, with all the evolution that's gone on. A um, couple places to start here. Um, Coursera has some great courses that are free. There's one called generative AI for everyone. That's a great place to start. Uh, Google's been praised for their free courses as well. And when you're talking workflows, though, Donnie, like there's a couple of different approaches. One, I like the ecosystem approach. So if you're in the Google ecosystem, you know, they have something called Duet AI, where you can leverage generative AI across their productivity suite, you know, that the pages and the notes and uh, the PowerPoint, I always get those now Google applications Google. off, but yep. little slides. Yep. And same with Microsoft with Copilot 365 and what they have baked in the you know, PowerPoint and Teams and Word, I saw that. And so kind of living in that ecosystem and leveraging some of the workflows that are built in through that. Outside of that, then there's kind of going beyond the ecosystem and Zapier has really made a name for itself in taking data from one application and integrating it with another. And it's very self-service, right? Um, you don't necessarily need to be a developer on some of the simpler ones. There's some compl some complex ones that perhaps you just need that, that insight and, and knowledge in terms of how to build those out for yourself. But they have millions of pre-built um, APIs and connectors, and they've proven to be very, very good. We've helped certain clients set those up. 
Um, you have to know what you're doing to an extent, right? And each time you, you the, the risk you run sometimes that if a new update to a certain application is made, uh, sometimes that zap gets broken. You got to go in and refresh and reallocate whatever. But as long as you've got your your eyes on it, um, it seems to be an ultra powerful tool. So I know for sure, you know, you're talking workflows. I'd say that's a good place to start. It's so funny that you mentioned that because there's a crazy YouTube video. And I will, I know Maurice is going to ask me for this because I'm going to say it and she's going to text me after the episode. But there's a crazy YouTube episode or video where a guy takes and he builds his own personal assistant using Zapier, connects his calendar, connects his task list. I mean, he connects like four or five different things and then yeah. boom, creates his own GPT, has it all connected through Zapier. And then like, yeah, go to, tell me my calendar, send me an email in the morning. But like, it was, yeah. anyway, I'll try linking it at the end. Um, yeah. And I, I've seen also, um, you know, Sam Altman had a keynote just a few weeks back and highlighted some new integrations there as well, where you can give commands, hey, send Donnie a message, let him know that I'm running late for lunch. And, um, you know, that hasn't yet been released as of now, to my knowledge. So I think once that gets out, I mean, that's just going to help with the workflow stuff quite a bit. Yeah. 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 So let me ask you a question. What? Yeah. So everybody, you know, it, it's it, 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 it's, you know, it's the gold rush right now. And uh, what do people who come to you and have certain expectations, what what are when they get those expectations wrong? Why? What What are some of the things that people mm. think that they can do that they can't do, or what are they getting? Yeah, Dan, that's a that's a great question because it's it's a pain in my side all the time. Um, here's what I hear: I hear a lot of the pie in the sky, the things that you know. A <laughs> lot of business leaders jump to solutioning, right? You know, if I can just uh, if there's a button, I can hire a 19-year-old intern to then run my sales organization that automates the email campaigns and the drips and the leads and the this. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't exist today. Um, and so absolutely, when the expectations are just set way too high, it's hard to get a leader back down from that. You know, when the, when the expectation is, I'm gonna, you know, one thousand x my, you know, pro productivity from, you know, whatever, um, whatever organization or team. That's that's that may happen depending on certain factors, but the reality is, you know, if you're gonna be in this AI world, um, there's really two sides to the ROI coin, and we love talking ROI when it's related to AI. One is you know, the productivity gains, the potential for cost savings, that's one side of it. A lot of that boils down to a math equation. And the more people that are impacted, the more um, uh, processes that are impacted, the more then output you're going to get from the AI. The other side of it is an ROI of the ROI coin is relative to potential revenue generation and growth. And so, for example, let's say you you enable a tool that helps with customer service. Now your salespeople who perhaps are spending 22% of their, their time in customer service can now focus on selling more product. Then you can draw a direct line, direct correlation that, okay, 22% more time can correlate to more close, more closings, more deals, more revenue, et cetera, et cetera. So that's usually the ROI side of the coin that's exponential and, and, and massive. So I love to start with the problem set first, getting away from the solutioning, getting away from the pie in the sky stuff. 
Uh, it all begins in my mind with two key questions. What are your biggest pain points and challenges and what tasks are tedious, manual, and inefficient? And if you can get answers to that, either individually or from a group of people, I think you have a great place to start to align AI solutions to those problems and finding AI solutions that are readily available that really do exist and can really drive massive gains for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you say that because that was a similar problem back when everyone was, you know, when software was just taking off. And people are like, oh, we got to get this software, but it wasn't really solving a business problem. I mean, it was interesting, mm -hmm. right? right? And it was great, but it it didn't really, like you talk about the the, the ROI is just wasn't there. So, let's dig into that a little bit. So, yeah. can you talk about some maybe some case studies or some examples where you guys were able to kind of say, okay, this is a pain point, and here's where AI makes sense, and here's the mm -hmm. impact. Any any thoughts on that or like any examples you can think of? Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll name a few because I know this is a, a wide reaching audience, but I know, you know, you've mentioned Microsoft Copilot 365, right? Yep. There are studies that are, that are coming out now for every dollar spent in Copilot. They're seeing about three and a half to eight X return on the productivity gains that's coming through Copilot 365. And so we're talking, let's say you have a team of 50 people, uh, with the subscription costs and the productivity gain at those levels, you're talking close to about 200K uh, turnaround there in terms of your investment versus the outputs that you're gaining. Um, we've helped to, you know, Don, uh, Dan mentioned earlier um, a situation with a lawyer, a law firm, where we helped them put AI in motion that took them down from about 1,000 work hours down to 40 work hours in a key phase called e-discovery, where they've got to find electronic, go through electronic data to find evidence to support their clients. Um, in the world of construction, there's also an estimating tool out there. There's numerous estimating tools out there that are driving 80%, 90% faster estimates so that they can now take on more estimates, close more deals, win more work. Um, customer service tools are huge right now. If you've ever built or had a chat bot on your website, it's usually a major pain in the butt for those that are putting it together and for your customers. Well, nowadays, and one, one reason why that is, is when you set those chatbots up, you've got to think through every potential variety of a question. Um, if you don't, it breaks the whole thing. You've got to think through all the, the branches of the decision tree and decision matrix. Uh, but nowadays, all you need to do is upload your knowledge base of information through the use of generative AI and large language models, which you taught everybody on the previous episode on AI, um, you're now able, the customers can ask questions very naturally in any way, shape, or form. And so long as that answer is in your knowledge base, it's feeding that answer to the customers. So it's a much better customer experience there as well. Yeah. So yeah. have you done any thinking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I know when when like um, Expedia came out, travel agents mm -hmm. were kind of, you know, their, their their days were numbered. I see, you know, this for content writers. That's going to change that industry. For CPAs, it's going to change that industry. Engineers, you just uh, made me think of. Well, why would I hire an engineer to 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 you know draw a building yeah. out when I could do this? Um, what are some of the other areas that you think, you know, coders, who else is going to be affected by this? Um, yeah. At first, it'll be negative, 
but then people come to terms with it and figure it out. But, but what are, what are some of the other areas? You know, I, I think blanket answer is low performers are going to be impacted right away. Um, Generative AI specifically is a tool that you hand it to a rock star, they're only going to shine so much further. You hand it to that D or F player, it's only going to shed a light on just how bad they might be. And so right away, if you're looking for opportunities for cost savings there, those DNF players, they're going to have a really hard time showing their value in this future of AI space. So I wouldn't necessarily hone in on a, a particular industry just yet. I'd, I'd be more blanketed and say DNF players. But absolutely, like with, with ChatGPT coming on the scene like it did, generative AI growing as it has, it's entered into a realm that many thought would be one of the last parts of business being impacted with AI and those are the office workers, the, you know, the, the, the white collar folks that are behind a desk who are usually you know, having to draw off a lot of knowledge and expertise, experience, all that to make hard decisions. Well, now the AI is able to do a lot of that for you. And so that's where I think the key differentiator, and I think you start in a good place with this all, Donnie, is like, where can you learn to be better about using this? Because those that will harness the power of AI, those that will become good at prompt engineering, those that have the desire to be proactive and seeking answers, validating those answers, looking at AI as a, an incredible tool and head start, um, rocket fuel, et cetera, those are the ones that are going to shine in the future. The, the naysayers, the haters, those that don't really learn um, uh, what's going to be needed in this future of the workplace, those are the ones that are going to struggle. So you were at Associated, in, unfortunately for you, you talked to Dan, sounds like, <laughs> based on conversations that you had and, you know, looking at our industry, what do you think are yeah. some good potentials? Gosh, you know, I think a lot of it is uh, some of the usual suspects, but just so much greater, so much bigger. I think um, if you're a, a pest management company that, let's say, has a contact center, I think your ability to answer um, calls is going to increase. Your ability to resolve customer inquiries is going to increase. If you're kind of in that route planning scheduling, I think looking at different components of um, prediction to help with the routing, with help with the weather. You brought it up yourself, Donnie, too. Um, I think that's going to become a big component. I think even the ability to seek payment faster, get cash flow in the door faster is going to be another component to it. You know, we've mentioned the marketing, the content generation. And look, Gemini, when it first came out, um, you know, it made a big splash in kind of beginning of Jan January. And it's kind of the names become misconstrued with other things. But it, it came out as this sort of multimodal AI where now you can you can interact with the AI in more than just your text inputs. It could be video, audio, code, all these things. And so I was envisioning a world where leveraging your phones, you could look into, let's say, a pest, you know, your, your van and just film around and it can tell you, okay, you're missing these, um, these tools, this inventory, you need to restock on XYZ, come back to HQ and get it done, right? Um, I think it can also feed information back for inventory purposes. So it can track usage across your fleet and then feed it back to HQ so it can predict where your, 
you know, where your inventory is going to be reduced based on the types of jobs you're taking on. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot um, out there. And even for those out in the field, I think equipping them with, let's say some sort of generative AI knowledge base that if they come across a situation, don't know how to handle it, they can fall back, hop on their phone, hop on their device and ask their knowledge base for ways that perhaps it's training that they got a couple of years ago, a year ago, that's in the back of their mind. They don't recall it, but now they're able to access that knowledge base and it feeds them that information right away, improving the customer experience. So whole slew of opportunity, frankly, and we haven't even hit on some of the 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 more kind of table stakes of like marketing and accounts payable yeah, and all these other what, things. What are you thinking about for marketing? I mean, what uh, just the analytics or uh, can it generate a better commercial or you know A/B testing? What what do you think? All the above, all the above. Um, in in the presentation you saw, Dan, I think I, I hit on um, a couple of things relative to marketing. One is what Adobe's doing. They created Firefly. Now it's baked into Photoshop and InDesign, all that, all with uh, giving the the user the ability to generate um, graphic images and do graphic design work through commands. And also a tool called Jasper, which I mentioned earlier, that creates the, the social media, the blog posts, all that content generation. And I've had a chief marketing officer share with me that her company started using both of those and her marketing department has 4X their output without needing to add a single person to their marketing team. And so that's where I see this going for pest control companies is you've now, you've, you can arm people that maybe aren't necessarily marketers, especially smaller companies, right? They have people doing wearing a lot of different hats. Maybe 20% of their job is in marketing. Well, now you can equip them with a tool that they're putting, they're producing outputs, the equivalent of an entire 100% FTE, right? Um, and so just from the creation of better content, um, the social media posts, the re, you know, just highlighting some of the reviews, you're right, you know, um, OpenAI highlighted its new tool, Sora, um, that does the AI video generation. We're going to see a lot more of, of that coming down the pipe uh, relatively soon. And so I really think if you're a pest control company and you're not leveraging marketing, you're going to be left in the dust because it's so, going to be a lot about that content creation. So one of the questions that came up and you had a pretty good answer for it was, um, you know, um, that whole New York Times lawsuit accessing their um, information. But also, if I create uh, an ad, can I copyright it? You know, what what makes me think that, you know, Donnie doesn't ask the same questions and come up with the same ad. And is it whoever's quicker to the to the punch or how, how's that going to work? And I know you're not a lawyer, but yeah, I, best answer you can. You know, I uh, I would say a couple of things. I, I would say the fundamentals that we're living in today relative to copywriting still will exist. I do believe that if you were to prompt the, the very same prompt on the very same AI tool from one person in the East Coast, one person in the West Coast, you're going to get a pretty darn close match. Okay. This is why the prompt engineering component is so critical because you want to, you want to make the output unique. You want it to be in your tone. You want it to be about your business, about your activities, your services, your offerings, all that. 
And so that's what's going to drive the uniqueness going forward. If you are very general and say, create a five, you know, a 15 second jingle for my pest management company, um, I mean, you're, there probably won't be much uniqueness there and you're likely going to get, you know, different, you know, rather similar tracks. And in a lot of ways, it's very similar to music, you know, um, very just about you hand anybody a guitar, the guitar is going to be the same, but you hand it to Jimi Hendrix and you hand it to me, the outputs are going to be very, very different. Right. And so all that to say, like, I do think um, there's still ability to copyright. There's still ability to generate intellectual property. And I do believe, though, the uniqueness in what you're delivering is going to be the differentiator. Um, a good friend of mine, Robert Plotkin, is a renowned IP AI attorney out of the Boston area. He'd probably tell you, look, there's a lot of stuff being created that's just not patentable because there's just nothing that's really unique about it. And so I think it's just that that's uniqueness is still going to be the differentiator. But, you know, to, to be 100% transparent, though, like AI would not exist had it not been for, you know, this content, right? It couldn't have been trained. No, you know? no I mean, you're right. I mean, I mean, it's kind of interesting. So, so I have another question. This is kind of more tactical and, and, and I hate to get into some weeds here, but I saw something that just blew sure. my mind, I guess about a month ago. I'm at a conference and this guy's like, okay, I'm going to create my own GPT. And he fed it mm -hmm. like two or three different marketing books and said, okay, now I want you to build me a website based on the principles that are taught. <laughs> These marketing yeah. And I about fell out of my chair and it did it. Like I was just <laughs> shocked. So how if like, okay, so let's say I have my little company and I'm like, all right, I want to... I like this book. I like this methodology when it comes to marketing. I want to create my own GPT. So now it can start generating content that kind of adheres to this philosophy. Can you walk through? And if you don't know, that's it's cool, right? I have not yeah. gone in and actually tried to do this, but can you actually feed it a Kindle book and say, here you go, here's, here's the philosophy. And then say, now, Based on that, I need you to write some content that kind of follows that format. And some of these were like, you know, best practices of selling, best best, best ways to write marketing content. Do, do you have to feed it the book or is it already out up there on the internet? Your own GPT, but I, I don't know. I, so I want to ask. I mean, I, I just want to hear your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me talk through the GPT process specific to chat GPT. Um, it takes about five minutes to set up and what you're doing is you're basically creating a persona or a solution to a problem that you can go to repeatedly and not have to recalibrate or recontextualize every time you go back into ChatGPT. And so um, ev anybody, you don't need even technical skills to be able to, to create your own GPT. If you know what you're doing, it might take you five minutes. If you want to make it real complex, it might take you 30 minutes to an hour. But either way, that's pretty darn quick to create a rather powerful, robust uh, chat tool. And so you're right. So part of the steps that it guides you to, and there's really two pathways to it. One, you can just let the chat GPT kind of guide you in building the GPT, which there's, I'm saying the letters GPT a lot. It feels funny. Um, but nonetheless, it guides you through it. 
and you can keep it somewhat generic or you can go into the properties and really train it and give it the background and insight that you want to have specifically to, to for that GPT. Now, can you upload books? I would say there might be some gray area there. Um, you can, okay. If it's a PDF, <laughs> you can do that. And the gray area is do you own the copyright to copyright. that book and what are you yes. going to utilize it yeah. for, right? Are you yeah. going to be profiting off of this or not? Um, not a lawyer, don't know the clear cut answer. Um, gotcha. However, can you do that? Yes. Um, you know, I've utilized it quite a bit myself where I'm, let's say I'm, I've been also kind of going through some leadership training as well. I've been handed these materials and I'm like, gosh, this is going to take me hours. I upload it to ChatGPT and I say, um, summarize this article in five bullet points. And by golly, it's pretty darn good at doing that. And it saved me quite a bit of time. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, it can do that. It can certainly do that. But is there a great space? There, there certainly is. I think take it on a case by case basis. Is, is hey, there so, a better tool for, you know, if, if you want to do something like that? So you had just mentioned leadership training, and it makes me think of everybody's talking about EOS right now, right? Yeah. And you load in EOS and say, um, you know, I want to have a facilitator. <laughs> You're my facilitator. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. And here's what I'd say. Organizations like EOS have generated a ton of content, are sitting on a treasure trove for generative AI opportunity. Um, they can create their own generative AI where you know, if you are an EOS user, you can hop into it, you can ask it questions, you can put out scenarios, and it can guide you with the answers relative and specific to you know, Gino Wickman's answers that he would give or who you're, what a, what a well-trained EOS implementer would give. Um, I, I'm sure I'm not saying anything that EOS hasn't considered, but if they haven't yet, they should. They should um, call you. If you're, they should call <laughs> us. I mean, look, training organizations, the, they have the power of the future in their hands with the generative AI. Okay. Um, if they're not thinking of ways to, to put the power into the hands of their users, of their customers, of their employees to go through that training documentation, generate a whole new experience to grow and learn, you know, they're, they're likely missing the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, listen, I could actually talk to you, I think for a full day, maybe even more. This has <laughs> been fantastic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, before like, we do, before we wrap. Donnie, Andrew, is there anything that, um, you know, uh, you could do for the pest control industry or the lawn care industry or that you want to uh, promote? Is there anything? Um, I was going to give him a chance to kind of push. Because it wasn't in yeah. our outline. I, I know just... it's not an outline, but I'm like, absolutely. So if someone wants to contact you, someone has questions, those types of things, let's hear it. What you got? Okay. Um, I'll start with this. Since last January, I've spoken to over a hundred different leadership groups and organizations. In that process, we've gathered our you know, insights from our AI readiness assessment. We come through all that data, close to a thousand different leaders that answered our AI readiness assessment. We've discovered something that I think wasn't um, was cer certainly something we knew existed, but seeing the data helped to really hone in on it. There's a lot of business leaders that are incredibly bullish on AI, want to use it for their business, don't know where to begin, and lack the internal resources to implement it. 
to move yep. forward into AI. And that's where we can help. Um, you know, we have the, the experts, the resources, the capability, the capacity to take on these projects and bring those AI solutions to bear. Um, a lot of times we get started with an AI strategic roadmap. It takes about two weeks to get done. We get to know the business. We get to know the problems there. We educate the, you know, the teams on what AI is and the opportunities for it. And we leave behind a, a one to two year AI roadmap with all the key initiatives that they can utilize going forward and solving those AI problems that get identified. And that's <laughs> our most uh, popular offering at this point as a great way to just get started and get moving into AI. Doesn't matter the size of the business. I think AI is a solution that you know every size business can benefit from. That's the beauty of the time period we're living in right now. Even the small, you know, Davids can can compete now with some of the Goliaths out there. Yeah. Um, AI is becoming a great equalizer and a great differentiator. So lots of opportunity out there. Okay. We need a phone number website here. That's where I was getting to. So let's let's do that. Yeah, I'm not getting my phone number. There's a lot of weirdos out there. I'm already there's so many. Yeah. Um go to louderco.com and it's louder L-O-U-D-E-R-C-O.com. Um, go there. There's a link on there to schedule a meeting with me, 30-minute AI intro conversation. Uh, we can talk AI. You can invite anybody you want to come talk AI. We'll have that initial conversation and we can determine a path forward for you with AI going from there. Fantastic. That's Excellent. what I was looking for. Well, yeah, Andrew, it's awesome. been great. And just, just a reminder, we'll, we'll link you, his website up on the uh, show notes. And just a reminder, all the resources and topics we talked about, even the video that I talked about earlier, is going to be available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. Maybe we need to start using AI to listen to our podcast and give the summaries. Maybe that's an idea we can push to the Marisa. Or Radar. And yeah, but yeah. the reality of it is that we always appreciate ratings and reviews. If they're positive, please go to Google, you know, or YouTube, wherever. If they're negative, we ask you to direct those at Dan. And other than that, we're going to sign out. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Bye now. Bye. Bye.